Today on episode 429 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, we are joined by our good friend and local Salt Lake City musician, Nick Passy. I'm calling this the Nick Passy Returns episode. This was a really, really fun conversation because it's been a few years since Nick has been on the podcast, so it was great to catch up with him. It was great to find out what he has going on, what life is like to be a local musician during this pandemic. We, of course, catch up, uh, find out what's going on with Folk Hogan, as well as his solo music. So we're going to get into that conversation here in just a moment. Before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. Let's tell the listeners who the hosts of the show are. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, we're going on week five of the quarantine. I think we're getting the hang of it. I think we're getting a little antsy, though. It's kind of our new normal, but like, I feel like I forgot how to drive, you know? Well, we're getting... <laughs> I don't go anywhere anymore. Every time I get in there to go get groceries, I'm like, wow, this car gets great gas mileage. <laughs> but I was really excited because we got the kids a trampoline. Yes, finally. So it's been great to get out there and, and uh, release some of that energy that we have kind of built up from uh, being stuck at home. Oh, yeah. Trampolines are lifesavers. But hey, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. You might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City. We talk to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, musicians, restaurant owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. I want to tell you about SupportSaltLake.com. Again, that website, SupportSaltLake.com, these are all of the sponsors, the supporters of this very podcast that you're listening to right now. So the next time you're in front of your computer, the next time you're sitting in front of your uh, iPhone, type in supportsaltlake.com. Check out some of these awesome local businesses like Elevation Chiropractic Center, Anchor Water Damage and Restoration. These are some great local businesses that are supporters of this very podcast, as well as local businesses. So, hey, if you want to support somebody, support the podcast by supporting these business businesses here in Salt Lake City. Hey, so this conversation with Nick Passy, it was a lot of fun, like I was saying. So great to catch up with him. So great to finally bring him back on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. Let's go. Okay, so how many bands are you playing in now? You just have the, you're doing the solo project and then Folk Hogan. So Nick Passy and the Perpetual Sadness, and I still play electric guitar and Folk Hogan. And what are you doing with all this free time that you have now? Like, cause you're not playing music, right? You're not going out and playing live music. So what are you doing with all this free time? I'm socially distancing myself from the world. I, I just barely bought a house. And so I've been in the process of moving while this is all going on and just unboxing everything. It's a, it's a weird timing thing. Yeah. I want to maybe go back to uh, this move of yours, but I want to talk a little bit more so yeah. about the local music scene. This is kind of why I wanted to bring you on the podcast, Nick, not because you're a cool guy, not because, I mean, you've been a fan of the podcast since day one, really, and uh, I've always supported it. So it's I'm, it's a pleasure to bring you here, but I wanted to talk about the fact you're not playing any live music. None of the musicians in Salt Lake City, none of the musicians anywhere, right? There's no live yeah, music so allowed in any state right now. The bands aren't rehearsing because both projects have people that are high risk, considered high risk in them. So we're we're not even getting together for rehearsals. Oh, wow. So no rehearsals, no performances. And my regular week in and week out schedule is I have three rehearsals between the two bands 
and I have anywhere from one to five shows on a week. So a lot of time is really displaced. Yeah. Have you talked to, I know you're uh, friends with a lot of uh, the local musicians here in Salt Lake City. I know you have like a day job, yeah. so you're not as dependent on the the music as your income. But I know that there's a lot of full-time musicians here in Salt Lake City that it, they're probably taking a pretty yeah, big hit. Yeah, there, there, there are quite a few full-time musicians in Salt Lake. A lot of them are just straight up out of work. I'd say that there's a lot more musicians that pretty much work full-time on it, but still have a day job. And so some of those people might be relying on that income as part or a huge part of their of their job. Yeah, it's our side gig. This episode will actually go up. This is the next episode going up, Nick. So this will actually be going up Sunday night. So pretty quick here, but there's a lot going on. Obviously, every day things are changing. Do you I mean, have you heard anything? Are they booking shows? Do you have are they letting you book shows at all? Like at the end of summer or is everybody just kind of saying hang tight or how do you know when to book shows? Yeah. Like, because I'm working with so many different people at all times and a lot of this comes down to people's personal beliefs. And so it's really tricky because some people know that there aren't going to be shows anytime soon. And some people are acting like this is just going to be done in two weeks. So it's like, how do you plan for it? Yeah. Pretty much the furthest figure out that I've heard is fall of 2021. So September, October of 2021. And if it's earlier, it's earlier, right? That's all you could really do. And some people seem to think that by June, we're going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's more than a year discrepancy there. It makes it very difficult to book. But I can tell you that all of the festivals I've been booked for throughout the whole summer Um, Because that's stuff that you usually apply the year before or in the first two or one months of the year. All of that's been postponed and canceled and and rebooked and, you know, weddings are being canceled, um, festivals, all that kind of stuff. It's tough to even know, should I be excited about summer or not? I know. (laughs) It's like we finally got out of hibernation phase and then this happens. (laughs) Oh. So, you know what? Did we talk about – so I know we had Moses and Canyon on the podcast on uh, episode 396. That was before your CD release. I think that was in March, wasn't it? Wasn't this your CD release? That, yeah. How, yes. how was that actually? So we're catching up a little bit from that. How was the CD release show? So we we got the album done. We released it at – the end of August, August 31st. Oh, yeah. That was that was in August. I want, why did I say March? Because we're in March. Oh, it, they might have been on yeah. in March. It, I just believed you. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I, that, that, that makes the time frame kind of make sense. Uh-huh. But we, because we tend to you know promote these things a little bit early. So it was a good release show. The, the CD's doing good. And, and then now you guys can't do a tour, though, because of everything going on. Well, so what we did with the album is we did a sold out release show at the Urban Lounge. And that was spectacular. And we didn't play for about a month or two before. And we didn't play at all after. And then the following month, we went to Europe for three and a half weeks. And we played shows over in Europe. And then we came back and we played a, we played a few shows. And then we don't book a lot during Christmas kind of season, holiday season. And so our next big run of shows was kind of this March, like St. Patrick's Day block. 
And that's right when everything got shut down and the bars got shut down. How bummed out were you guys that you couldn't play St. Patrick's Day? That's like your guys' big show, right? You usually play down there at the Green Pig on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So we had so much stuff booked. Uh, We had a show booked with the Young Dubliners at the Depot. Um, We had like a full run of shows. Some of the days we were playing two or three times in that day. That that's our very most busy season, just because of the, just because of the general sound of the accordion and banjo and mandolin. It has a very Irishy kind of St. Patrick's Day like timbre. Oh, yeah. Though we're not we're not an Irish band. We're just we're just an American folk punk band. But it's really good drinking music and and it makes sense for that season. So that that's those shows tend to get booked 9 months to a year in advance. Um so we were bummed. I mean, we had just finished we had just finished making all the merch cuz we actually make special like new stuff every year and it's just we just have boxes and boxes of t-shirts and and jackets and panties and all the new all the new stuff. Oh man, are you planning on putting them online for sale? Yeah, um we honestly, we don't get a ton of web traffic. A lot of the experience around the band is capturing that like in the moment at a concert kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. And so it's on there, but we're not really set up in a way that we just have hundreds of visitors all the time on the website. That's fair. But maybe if you put your merch on there, you'd get some visitors. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's on there. It's available. People can go check it out. I'm not telling you not. I'm <laughs> messing with you, Nick. No, no, no that's but- that's one thing I've always loved about you guys is you have the weirdest merchandise, man. Like the last time I saw some pictures, like you guys have a beach towel right now going on right now. Yeah, we made um, we made some leggings. We made a beach towel. We have flasks, stickers, shot glasses, jackets. We did like kind of a coach's jacket, like a hooded rain breaker rain breaker what are they called windbreaker like rain jacket i think i mix those two i noticed a really cool jacket on one of the major label bands website for 90 dollars, and i was like that is awesome i don't know about 90 dollars, so i just googled the model number of the jacket and we we print them all ourselves because of canyon works at a silk screening shop and i do all the design work for the band so we're able to cut a lot of costs and so we we made those and we're selling them for 65. Well, there you go. They're pretty sweet. I'm I'm actually looking at them right now. I love yeah, your it's merch. It's not insane. But I actually snagged one of those because we had them for a whole one show before we canceled all the St. Patrick's Day gigs. And I wear it like every day and I washed it a bunch of times and Does that obscure does the obscure merchandise like the beach towels and the leggings and the the women's panties do those actually sell pretty good? You know, I find that those weird items do really well sometimes. I I made some coffee mugs for the band and I thought I'm going to have a box, like I'm ordering 144 of these. I'm going to have a box of 130 of these a year from now and everybody's going to be like, what are those? And you put a coffee mug out and all of a sudden you start meeting all these people that are like, I collect coffee mugs. I have a coffee mug for every, every feeling that I have in a particular day. And <laughs> coffee mugs are a statement about who I am as an individual. I mean, and I'm like, there are a lot of people that collect coffee mugs and this is like a real thing that they connect with. And so a lot of the weird items are like useful. 
Yeah, yeah. I like see, and I think that I think there's a lot of truth to that where you don't like I have think how stuff would fit in. Yeah. Yeah. I have a beach towel, but like as a like it doesn't as a human being, I don't like identify to it because it's just like a plain color. So why don't you think more bands do this, Nick? I mean, especially I mean, I know you work with a lot of bands. I mean, you're you're making pins and buttons and magnets, so you're connected with bands. How come other bands do you think aren't just they just don't have the money to front to usually make that stuff or what? Well, I think it's a creativity thing. I think bands are incredibly good at making music. And for a lot of them, the excitement ends there. But like, I'm a graphic designer. So having this band all the time that I can make cool, weird stuff for, and I can make the art for, um, gives me an outlet that I can do something with besides just, you know, writing my guitar parts. And I mean, Chrissy can probably attest to the fact that each of these each of these printing formats and stuff require different kinds of art and you have to have a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it can be a huge disaster if you don't know yeah. totally what you're doing, but no, it's true. I mean, I can see what you're saying. Like, that's kind of what I love about the podcast too. It's like, we're like, we're both designers and it's nice to kind of step away from your day job, but still do the same thing that you enjoy without the stress. It's just creativity. Yeah, I don't have to get it through a panel of people and nobody's going to come back and tell you to make the logo bigger, make the logo well, bigger <laughs> or it's expensive. I mean, if you don't have the money or if you don't say, say you didn't have a graphic designer or, True. Yeah. you know, to make somebody to make that, I mean, to have mm-hmm. someone for a logo and stuff. Yeah. And, and printing is expensive. Cheap. Yeah. Just because it might be reasonable to charge two or $300 for that art doesn't mean that it's not the price like it's not the it's not it could that two or three hundred dollars could let me say it this way that two or three hundred dollars could be the whole profit margin on some projects and then this goes back full circle on why it's important to support your local musician that you like because they have to come up with their own money for projects so then they go and sell the merch to keep the projects going so i guess yes it's it's expensive yeah things cost money weird now are you playing any new instruments or you're just still playing just guitar right um i play guitar and i play a little bit of tenor banjo which is basically a four string banjo if you cut the two bottom strings off of a guitar and made it look like a banjo that's pretty much what you'd have so it's a very easy instrument for a guitarist to pick up and you actually pay play it with a pick so I can't play the banjo, but I can play something that looks just like a banjo or really is a different kind of banjo. But that tenor banjo is usually played in kind of Irish folk music or I'd love to learn the mandolin. I think the mandolin is like the greatest instrument ever. But between the two different sounds and all the guitars that I've got kicking around, I'm I'm pretty much set, you know. I I could play guitar for the rest of my life and never be as good as some 12 year old in Japan. Actually, let's talk a little bit more about music. The, the, your solo project that you're doing, like you've been doing this for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, it just came up that I got the CDs three years ago. So, okay. so pretty much, uh, pretty much three years. April 21st was the kickoff of the tour. And it was also the release date of the first album. And I had never played a show under the project name before. And 
that kicked off like a nine day tour where we went around the West Coast. I didn't realize you guys toured at all. I thought um, I thought you just did Utah stuff here with now now this is this is for your solo project, right? For the solo yeah. project. Yeah. yeah. And it, and at the time it was just me. And then about a year and a half later I met Caitlin at an event where she showed up and she was somewhat discouraged because her her other musician in her band didn't show up for the gig. And she was kind of scrambling to figure out what to do the day of. And she ended up playing the gig solo, just her and a cello and some backing tracks. And I was like, at the time I was looking for a second member and I was looking for a bass player, but I heard this cello and I was just thinking like, oh, guitar and cello. Yeah, of course. And so we've been playing together for about a year and a half. So if you go back and listen to the album that's on Spotify now, it's just me and kind of a band that I've put together for that album. And most of those shows were solo. And if you listen to the new album, then it's mostly cello, guitar, vocals, and then our drummer that plays with us sometimes for like all night bar gigs. But most of the time, it's just the duo. It's acoustic guitar and cello. And what even motivated you to even like put this whole project together? I mean, weren't you busy enough already with Folk Hogan or what? Like, why did you even start this whole thing? Um, I was definitely busy. I'm one of these people that just doesn't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, I don't do anything besides work and play music for the most part. And I really don't have any other hobbies. Like I I'm very, very comfortable going and playing a concert in front of hundreds of people. But like, if you threw me a ticket and said, we're going to a football game, I would just like slowly die. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can relate with that. Yeah, me too. Me too. You're you're in good company. So you just like to stay busy is really what you're saying. And and so you figured, well, if you're going to stay busy anyways, you might as well start this solo project and, and yeah, do it up. Now, are you are you writing new music? Because you the, the the other album, your first album came out or your only album yeah. came out last year. Are you are you writing new stuff for that? Or is that kind of just what you got? Well, I write I write new music all of the time. And we've been recording for the last year and a half. Okay. And I just barely received the final tracks, the final masters for the album that we've been working on. And so I have a full length, like 10 song album, but uh, I intend to, I intend to print that on vinyl as well as CD. Last time I waited a whole extra year to print the vinyl and I'm, the vinyl was a really big seller. And so I want to do those right at the release this time. So I need to build in the time that it takes to get the vinyl produced, which is at least three months. And anyways, long story short, we are recording new stuff. I just don't know exactly when I'm going to release it because a hundred percent of our sales are, are at shows. And you don't know when you're going to be playing again. And so. we don't know when we're going to be playing again. You know, the band fund looks a little bit sad right now. <laughs> how do those, how do the online, a lot of bands, I mean, you've been doing it for a while, but a lot of bands and musicians are doing a lot of Facebook lives right now. Yeah. Playing music. Yeah. Are um, people pretty good with giving like donations or tipping you? You know, it's kind of reflective of the fan base that you already have. Um, if you have like a really big supportive fan base, then you know, a fraction of that is going to be pretty good and sustainable. And I know some artists in Salt Lake Valley are, are going to be able to make their rent, you know, even though they're out of work playing music that way. Yeah. And, and, and people have come up with some creative things and there's, 
you know, some of the music venues are hosting stuff and they're getting picked up by Fox 13 and KRCL and that kind of stuff. But for a band like mine, a lot of the times that we're getting hired, we're kind of just getting hired to entertain the people that are already there. Well, you guys, you guys are a very energetic and engaging band, which is not, you don't really see that very often, especially at events. Yeah. So I think the Facebook live thing, um, I'm kind of pausing because this is going to be a little bit unpopular opinion. I, I think for the first two weeks, it was kind of exciting and fun. And I'm already getting a sense of it's like dying off. People are going back to their real lives, even though they're still stuck in their house. The, the, the allure is kind of, kind of, uh, it's the market's already saturated and, and it's kind of, the allure is kind of worn off Hmm. pretty early. Those online concerts aren't going to be a great source of income necessarily. Are you thinking of finally getting out of the rent game and finally buying a house of your own? Are you thinking of moving to Salt Lake City? Well, you need to contact our good friend Monique at Market Source Real Estate. She actually helped us find the home that we're recording this podcast in right now. And did you know that for almost 20 years, Market Source Real Estate has been specializing in helping people just like you buy and sell homes in the Sugar House as well as the greater Salt Lake area? Market Source Real Estate has a background in flipping houses and they've owned almost 20 homes themselves, so they really know all the ins and all the outs of older homes if older homes are your thing. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. All right. So if you're looking to move to Salt Lake City, if you're looking to move across town, if you want to see the awesome homes that are for sale right now in Salt Lake City, contact Monique at Market Source Real Estate. You can find all of her info right on her website, thinksaltlakecity.com. Or just give her a call. I'm going to give you Monique's number. It's 801-810-6773. Again, the website, thinksaltlakecity.com or Monique's number. Give her a call, 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And I mean, I, I wondered if I know a lot of us creative types, it, we get uh, kind of easily down or get a lack of creativity or a lack of, you know, and, and you stop like having the oomph to create. Well, because you're stuck at home. Especially when you're stuck at yeah, home yeah, all yeah, the time. You're not keeping yourself motivated. I mean, I know that's happened to me. And I wonder if, you know, I wonder how many artists and musicians are going through the same thing where they just don't have the motivation because yeah. of what we, you know, are doing. Yeah, I mean, as as introverted as I am, I get. Uh, I'm not the kind of musician that wants to practice on my own. I want to practice with the whole band. Yeah, like you feed off the energy of everybody together. Yeah, there's a certain amount of of creative input that everybody's putting in to create something that's much much better than what we can do individually. Yeah. Have you, okay. I know this might be really dumb, but have you guys tried doing like a Google meet or something where uh, you all practice together just on the computer? You know, I totally try to make someone do that. Oh, wow. I think right. Google hangout. Yeah. I want to try that with just me and the cellist for Nick Passy and the perpetual sadness, because I think, you know, with two people, it could be kind of manageable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, how many are in full Kogan? Uh, six. 
that could get busy. Yeah, it'd be kind of like having a podcast with six people on the interview. <laughs> that would be hard. Yeah, Every, everybody playing over everybody. But I've seen a couple of people do the the whole like Brady Bunch squares where they're like, you know, all all there. And there might be a there might be an opportunity to do something like that, but I don't know. Actually, now, now that you say that, I think it was Joan Jett. The Joan other, Jett, like about a week ago, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. They were playing that. They were all in their individual oh, apartments and stuff. And That's I remember awesome. that now that now that we're talking about this, what what is it, Nick? We're talking a lot about music. I mean, obviously, music is really important to you, man. Like you said, it's it's all you do. It's all you play. I mean, you don't have many other hobbies. Blah blah blah. What is it about music that you love? I know that's such a basic question, but it's probably going to be one of the hardest questions for you to answer, right? It's just what I am as a human being. I like I that's how I exist. That's how I relate to other people. Um that's what I do. That's what's kept me alive. That's what's kept me thriving. So yeah, that's 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 my answer. Uh, uh, music music is who I am. It's it's there's oxygen, there's like a certain level of food, and then there's like music, and then there's like the rest of like the hierarchy of like Maslow's needs. Then shelter. Shelter's probably then Wi-Fi. Shelter's like yeah, Wi-Fi probably first. <laughs> Wi-Fi is like at the top of the list before food. Yeah. I know one thing I wanted to talk to you about actually, and I just saw it in my notes here, Nick. Jared left the band. I wanted to hear you yeah. hear about this, man. Like, cause that was a big like so, big thing. So for nine years we had the same bass player in Folk Hogan. Yeah. And he was a big part of the writing. Um, he had this huge jazz and uh, music theory background that always seemed to help the writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had left his job at Guitar Center that he had worked for for like 14 years. And he started working for a biotech company that worked in, in, in testing samples with robotics. And uh, they were kind of challenging him more and more. And he's putting more and more hours in and he was realizing really quickly, like, I may be like 33, but I need to go back to school and study robotics and continue this path. And this is really important. And and it's something that's very critical. And I'm sure lives are being saved all of the time through that kind of stuff. It's very easy to understand the importance in our, our current environment. But he just realized, you know, if I'm going to be going to school and I'm going to be working this schedule that's you know i'm up at 4 a.m every day to go to my job at five being in a band isn't really conducive of that behavior and he couldn't get the time off that he needed um to get off for tours and things like that you know we went to europe and that was great but there was no way he was going to be able to do that the following year and there was no way he was going to be able to do these two or three two or three week tours and etc and and he just he didn't want to hold us back and he knew like his focus was really going to be the career path and i'm sure it's hard for him though to oh, come yeah. to that decision it's super hard and you know we we finished that last show with him and we got off stage and we cried like babies and i don't think i've ever drank that much before um i'm glad we all lived through it it was kind of like attending your own funeral. Like it was very an emotional thing for us. Oh, and uh, 
you know, it's like losing, uh, losing another, a brother, you know? Yeah. It's like a really, it's like a, a bad breakup for the better. Well, maybe once in a while, let him come and play with you, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we love him to death and he'll be around and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're also losing his creative spark that he brings, which is a whole thing. For sure. Like you said, everyone brings their own like flavor to the table. For sure. And, uh, you know, just to fill the gap, we were we were able to audition a bunch of bass players and we looked really, really seriously at two or three. And the first few candidates were just unable to commit to that much insanity. And um, we ended up bringing in we ended up bringing Scott that's also in he's also in Moses and Cameron's other band turtleneck wedding dress they play in like a super silly like heavy rock band with a name like that i could see that (laughs) yeah they're incredible and they've done wonderful things in the time they've been together and they've been asked by multiple major label bands to come jump on tour with them and they've always been like ah you know that would slow folk hogan down so we can't do that oh wow i mean they treat it like a side project but there's so much opportunity there Wow, I never even heard that name yet. Have are you are you over there googling that? I, oh, I just liked them on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Is there some of their music up on their Facebook page? Probably. Uh, yeah. Let me. Yeah. Let's, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll put their link up there with this uh, episode too yeah, for the yeah. show notes. That's that's so cool, man. You know, every everyone that's in Full Hogan can play guitar. Everyone that's in Full Hogan can play guitar, probably better than a lot of local bands. And I know that's very, uh, I know that's very challenging, but. I, I shit you not, like when your mandolin player builds guitars for a living and he fixes everyone's guitars, he's a good guitarist. Yeah, he kind of knows what he's doing. You know? Little. Yeah. The bass player that quit was, you know, first chair in the U- Utah, like the U of U, like state, like jazz band or whatever. The state jazz band. I don't know. Anyways. I, I don't know. Yeah. There was yeah. some jazz. Anyways. There was some tape. <laughs> There's... <laughs> Anyway, so they're good. What you're saying is you guys are really like these are serious players. It's yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, occasionally they're like, oh, why don't you just play that better? And I'm like, I don't I don't know, man. No one's ever asked me to. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop. The Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop's mission is to make Utah cool one dreadlock at a time while offering a clean, affordable, and professional experience filled with love and understanding, which I can personally vouch for. Earlier this year, I went to Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop to get my dreadlocks, and it was the most fun experience. They offer a clean dreadlock knotting service, so they actually crochet your dreadlocks and they don't add any weird wax or gross internet neglect methods. Right now, we're practicing social distancing, so they're offering support to all their clients and potential clients. The best thing you could do right now is follow them on their social media for quarantine tips and updates. And you can still text them while we're doing social distancing. You can text them to get a free consultation or just get in touch and ask questions. Their phone number is 801-824-8298. You can include what you're looking for, what you're thinking, your name, and wait for a response. They will text you back as soon as possible. I promise they will. They are incredible. You can go visit them online at slcdreads.com or go follow them on social media. And thank you again to Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I got something I want to ask you, and if you don't want this part in, we can cut this out of the podcast, Nick. I was curious because 
you and I, we lived in the same apartment building downtown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was just curious, did they, are they tearing that apartment building down? I mean, can we talk about this? Yeah, let's talk this about it. Like a, this is a part of history, man. This is, this part is a of part like, of our lives. This is a part of our personal history, but this is a part of Salt Lake. Yeah, man. Um, so LaFrance Apartments. Yeah. For 115, 116 years, something like that. These apartments have stand stood and currently they're trying to fund um, a new development there. Which is such a bummer. I mean, I know they're older buildings, but they're so historic and they're gorgeous. I wish they would get funding to just kind of like, what do you, what do you call it? Facelift them. Renovate. Yeah. There you go. Renovate. Well, so they took bids from five different mega developers and three of them came back with renovation plans for the apartments and the church leadership, uh, the Greek Orthodox church that owns it wasn't interested in renovating it. And, uh, They've they've kind of had this like salty view about like uh, we don't actually like the people that live in the apartments that we own and we never really wanted to be landlords and they just they kind of keep dropping these like really insulting kind of like mm, there's just a bunch of artists like obvious that hints live there like you know these aren't our church this isn't our people you know these are just a bunch of people. But the thing is, is where do they go live now? Because the cost of living downtown is getting ridiculous. When I lived there, I mean, it was obviously very economical to live there. Yeah, but just in the last year, it shot up like crazy. And so it's like, where do all those people live? Because you know, as well as I know, a lot of those people that live there are low income. Yeah, yeah. um, There aren't great options. We're seeing the gentrification of downtown. And it starts with all of the parking becomes paid parking. You know, they they tear down everything that's cheap or old and they put expensive things there. Yeah. yeah. And it's all basically just a signal to keep poor people away. It's you think true. So? It's true. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm, oh, I guess living there. I well, mean, the, yeah, it, it, it yeah. brings they're trying to bring a certain demographic yeah. to the area because, yeah. you know, wherever you are, if you bring a, a demographic with more money, more money is in that neighborhood. More money is, you know, and, and I mean, I get, it makes sense. Yeah. As someone with like very like heavy like anarchist kind of views, I'd just be interested in in what we could do as a society if we just had space to exist in these heavy like metropolitan areas where we didn't have to pay just to be there. Yeah, that would be rad. I mean, where where is there downtown that you can just be there and not pay? I mean, I guess I guess the library if you're willing to move your car from one paid parking spot to the next every two hours. Well, any of the parks, right? Pioneer you know, Park. The you parks, can hang out with the hobos. You know, tent city. There's some. There's a couple of tent cities. There's some people that exist. They don't really have like a lot of like homeless people there right now, um, because you know they just kind of kick everybody out at the end of the night once it gets dusk. But there, there are a fair amount of people that hang out at the park during the day. But, but the point rather is like. You know, if the great minds of society wanted in Salt Lake wanted to do something amazing, let's say that they wanted to spend their free time coming up with a, a, a vaccine for for the next disease wave, they don't really have anywhere to just show up and exist that isn't funded by a corporation. I got you. I'm getting deep there, Nick. Yeah. That was really deep. I had to like think hard. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, so when this whole pandemic, back to the whole pandemic, I want to talk a little bit about local Salt Lake City a little bit more here. 
when this pandemic winds down, like in the bars and the restaurants open up, what is Nick Passy excited to go check out? What do you what do you want to go hang out? So I'm kind of broke right now. Okay, fair uh, enough. Half you of, did buy a place. Half of my house. So every like new homeowner goes through the same stuff. Like they they put this like they like cash out their savings for the down payment. They move in and like realize that like oh man I got to buy like an extra soap dispenser and it's like some shelving and like some blinds or whatever. And then it adds up. And then then the earthquakes start. And then <laughs> and then half of their household gets fired from their jobs. Like every homeowner goes through these same basic things. And so I'm not worried. Like this is normal. This is fine. Everything's fine. So I haven't like had a ton of extra cash. Like I've had like a baby amount of cash, but I can cook really really well, really really well. And so the things that I miss most and everybody's going to judge me for this hardcore. The things that I miss most are fast food. That's fair enough. What do you, what, what's your favorite wrong with fast? That. Let's be honest. Del Taco Johnny. is my poison. Okay. I'm with you on that. I want to be able to favorite. go to the Del Taco without risking my life. That would be nice. <laughs> I just want a sober person to drive me there at 2am. <laughs> there, there is nothing better than one of their their. Uh, well, you don't eat meat. I was going to say yeah. their burgers are really good. That when you're, when I've heard you're drunk. that. I've heard that. We added up the late night Del Taco runs for last year because you know we had to write that money off when we did our taxes as a band. We had like a little poll among the band members to guess how much that was for the whole year, and it, I think it was almost six hundred bucks. And that's a lot. Of, I believe that's it. a lot of Del Taco though. Wow. <laughs> what is your go-to at Del Taco? Uh so they have all the like vegan stuff now. And just out of the box, like they have like a, a hard shell beyond beef avocado taco. So they replace the cheese in a regular taco with a slice of avocado on the top. And they replace the the ground beef with like this vegan beef replacement called Beyond Beef that's really, really good. So I was going to ask you, is that stuff pretty good or what? It, What's it, what it, it, does it taste like meat? Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you had meat? In uh, like 10 or 12 years ago, but. And so from what you can remember, yeah. it tastes like meat. Yeah. I mean, it tastes like, it tastes like the garbage meat that like Taco Bell had in the nineties, <laughs> but like, that's all I need. That's all I need. That's all I expect. Same texture and everything. Yeah. Huh? And, and so it's just like two tacos. The curly fry, the curly. What are they? Uh, windy, crispy churro. No, wavy fries. What are those called? Crinkle fries. Oh, oh, crinkle fries. That's right. Yeah. If you're not from Utah and you don't have Del Taco, you may not know the beauty of Del Taco. But basically, they're a fast food Americanized Mexican restaurant that also serves things like crinkle fries, and they do have a hamburger on the menu that I'm told is pretty good. Dude, it's it's an amazing you know, burger. You know, like a group of college guys got together, got high, and they're like, we got to make a place for us to go. <laughs> yeah. So, And all the O's, all the O's place, all the Beto's, Alberto's, Gualberto's, Flerbeto's, Florbeto's. Rancheritos. Rancheritos. All the O's place have like adopted the fries too. They're like, we do fries too. Really? And so, Fascinating. you know, you can go get like basically nachos, but it's like a bed of fries at all those places. 
That is so awesome. <laughs> so while we're talking Del Taco, though, one of the questions I always ask is favorite local eating spot. So you told a fast food, I need to at least get one local recommendation of favorite. Not necessarily okay. one you've been going to okay. recently. I know money's tight, but a local favorite of Nicholas. Um, I like Este Pizza. Uh, okay. like a New York style pizza. And I like the one downtown because they have garlic knots and they're like small. And I played the one in sugar house once a month on the second Thursday for like a year and a half. And they have incredible pizza, but their garlic knots are like giant. They're like rolls. And I would still get them every month, but I like the smaller ones just a little bit more. So, you know, you're already you're already making your big trip of the day. You might as well get the the takeout from the downtown one or the Grubhub or whatever. Um, I love Zest. You know, Zest is dear in my heart. And that was really close to home there uh, for a minute. Yeah, 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 for sure. Once it reopens, Poplar Poplar Pub has like one of the best veggie burgers in town. They do like a house-made black quinoa burger. Okay. And, Interesting. And they like make this black quinoa burger patty in house. So you can't get this anywhere. They don't get this off of a fucking Cisco truck. They make this shit like there's love that goes into this. And and they and and it's like deep fried and so it's crispy on the outside and it's like soft in the inside. And it's, you know, it's 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 wonderful. And then they do hand cut fries there. And they do like I've I've talked to people that have worked there in the kitchen and they do a ton of fries every single day. And when you when you get like a burger and fries, the portion of fries is physically painful to finish. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It, oh, I agree. It's like you're like a fry connoisseur. It's like there there's like a man in the back that is like going through like a bad divorce right now, just hand cutting the fries. <laughs> and every time a ticket comes off of the receipt printer, he's just like, I hate you. I hate you. This is for my ex-wife, and he's just cutting the portions of fries. To just See, cause, what a good use of the anger. pain that he has <laughs> in his own divorce to your stomach. And that's the kind of food that I like. <laughs> Bitterly made. No, honestly, everybody that works there is like the sweetest person ever, and that's why that's why these jokes are even funny. So when that reopens, definitely good to support that. I don't know, man. I say... I say support all the vegan, like plant-based places first because I'm super vegan. And uh, what's the place in the Beehive? There's the uh, the vegan place in the Beehive. Yeah, Mark of the Bistro is on Grubhub. Mark of the Bistro. And and if you pull up Grubhub and you type in the word vegan, they don't come up. They don't come up because they don't have anything on their menu labeled as vegan. God damn it! You're, oh, you're that's kind of what you should do. Vegan restaurant. You didn't put the tag. You didn't put that in. Mark of the Bistro yeah. doesn't have, isn't labeled that way. Everything that That's they have is vegan, but like, it's like a, it's like, you have to know that already. Did you tell the owner? Yeah. I've told him multiple times and that's why I'm calling him out. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you heard it here. Just fucking. Just, just do it. 10 Get minutes. It done. 10 minutes. Now I got to bring here. him back. Now I got to bring him on the podcast so he can call you. Out. I hope we'll get does. his rebuttal. We'll be does. back. Oh man. And then, and then we will see who can make his vegan chicken better. We'll have a, I have vegan heard chicken about off. his vegan chicken. So they do a seitan chicken and waffle. So seitan is, uh, an ancient like Chinese process that 
involves washing all of the starch out of like a dough or a flour base and until it gets tough and then boiling or baking or frying that well so they they make the seitan they like season it like you would chicken and then they they dredge it in flour and then they deep fry it so what comes out is is these um gluten based like chicken pieces and and so they do a chicken and waffle but it's all vegan there's no there's no meat in it and it's fantastic wow sounds good yeah i mean i've heard really good things about their yeah. nuggets yeah they're they're way good um i've had their breakfast burritos i've had their i've had their breakfast sandwiches i've had a lot of the stuff off of their menu but like if you're going to try it for the first time at least one person get the chicken and waffle and like it's all about the like the crispy and the like the sweet and the I'm all about putting like a little dab of habanero sauce on that. On the chicken and waffle? Yeah. You know, I've never eaten chicken and waffles. What? Yeah. I know. I don't know how Pig you eat them. Pig in a jelly jar has really good chicken and waffles. I hear people say that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. To take you over there. What about uh let's let's quickly find out like a basic Salt Lake City tour. I know again this is kind of a weird time but imagine the Okay. pandemic's not okay. going on, okay. right? Like imagine go back a month in time or what are you gonna check two out? months in t- What's that? Like, what are you going to check out in Salt Lake? Well, let, let's say like a, a friend is visiting, right? And you mm-hmm. got to take them on a tour mm-hmm. and you got You want to show them around. Where's, where's Nick Passy take people around? I mean, we all kind of have an individual tour, right? Show them a couple buildings or a hike or what, what is, what does Nick Passy do? Like depending on the time of day, like if it's like a daytime thing, the Gilgal gardens, super weird. Love that. I may honestly like I would I would suggest people go to Temple Square and just absorb that culture but I would like serve it with like a heavy side of like criticism and like reality <laughs> like I'd be like and then get, get kicked out of there right look you're going to see some stuff in here that doesn't make any sense <laughs> just go with it and that's just fine it. that's fine this is basically this is the snuff film of of places in Salt Lake. And you're but just going to have to process Beautiful architecture. Later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't have friends. I'm a musician. Well, you know? maybe a musician friends visiting. That's yeah. cool, man. You yeah. gave a couple of suggestions. Yeah. Some pe- some yeah. of our listeners really hold on to those suggestions. Okay. And they always get mad if I don't Okay, have good. People. Good, fair. Like I say like I say like go to the go I'm a musician so go support a bar that has live music. If they don't have live music, uh, why are you drinking there? Which there's I mean a lot of bars in Salt Lake have live music these days, don't they? All of them. All of all yeah. the ones that I've been to. If there are other bars, contact me about how you could support a local musician for just $1 a day. $1 a day. <laughs> what do you get for $1 a day, Nick? Like a full-time musician. For a dollar a day? Yeah, I think that's all it sure. costs. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh man, you all you're always a good chat, I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw the meme going around and I don't wanna I, I don't wanna take credit for something that somebody already said, but because it's a meme, it's like there was a meme going around in the in the local musician community and it's like, Hey, you know, I know we've all lost a lot of gigs, but I just did the math and I've saved two hundred dollars last month. <laughs> 
since all my gigs have been canceled. That's amazing. <laughs> from drinking, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so funny. Well, you from know. traveling, oh, true, the cost true, of, yeah. of like it's it's expensive to be in a band. Yeah, like you got the gas money, you got your expenses before you even hit the road. You got to keep up with your instruments, like if something breaks or if you need a new one. And are you still making pins and magnets and all that? Or do we talk about the buttons and all yeah. that? You're still making those. NPbuttons.com. So you can order all your custom pins, magnets, etc. I have some pre-designed ones that are uh, just on nickpassy.com slash store. I do all of that. Uh, I make the pins. My girlfriend, Aria, helps me out. There was something new you were making, too. Was it stickers or... Uh, I can't yeah, remember. I, work, I thought, I worked I thought with you were doing I worked with a local printer to make stickers. If there's a thing that you need, like I'm a graphic designer, I've made everything. Like I can just cut through all the bullshit and get you the best source for things. I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars of my personal money to find the right contacts. Like I know how to interact with the factories, with the printing companies, with all these people. To get you- Which is so nice because that really is where a lot of the complications yeah, happen. Yeah, because everybody can go on to fucking stupid fucking card businesscards.com and then they like get their order and they're like, these are stupid fucking business cards. <laughs> I don't like these. Everybody can yep. do that. You can do that. You're going to save a bunch of money. You're going to shit product. And every time that you hand out your business card, somebody's going to be like, this is a shitty business card. I'm not going to give you real money because you don't look good as a human being. So <laughs> don't hire me, like hire like any graphic designer that knows what they're doing and, and like pay them more than five bucks. Yeah. See what happens. How can our listeners get a hold of you as we kind of wind this up as you're talking about, they get a hold of you for graphic design. Well, in general, maybe they got questions about, you know, folk Hogan or your solo band yeah. or whatever. How can people find you, man? Nickpassy.com, Nickpassy at Gmail. They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on any of the pages. I'm very easy. I'm very easy to Google and find. And whatever method of contact you prefer, I'll probably communicate in that form. That's fine. Before we wrap this up, before I take, you know, stop the record button, I I like to open it up. If there was something that you wanted to promote or bring up or talk about, you know, just kind of like, this is Nick's time right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's Um, your pitch moment. Okay. So... I've spent the last like two years recording an album and it's some, and I'm brainstorming a lot right now. I'm going to figure out how to release that album in this very weird time. But when I do that, there's going to be a little bit of a Nick starter. It's going to be somewhat GoFundMe, somewhat Kickstarter, somewhat Nick Passy. And uh, it's, so we're just calling it a Nick starter. I'm probably going to be raising the funds just to print, just to print the album. You know, the cost of printing a vinyl and printing the CDs. Because at this point, I've paid for I paid for all the recording and stuff like that. So I just say, go subscribe to the email list. Um, keep your eyes open to support the... Yeah. What'd you call it? N- the next starter. Next starter. I was like, that is clever. Go follow all the things, and I'll put it out there. Email is the most direct way that I have to interact with people. So if you actually check your email... Go subscribe to the go subscribe to the email list. It's nickpassy.com slash a dash list. And you can be on the A list. That's what I call my email subscribers. What about the B list? Uh, <laughs> if you want to be on the B list, then you can follow me on Facebook 
or Instagram, <laughs> and they will show you 2% of the people that follow me. The 2 to 5% of the people that follow me, they'll show they'll show every post to you all of the time, 2 to 5% of the time. <laughs> got to pay to play, buddy. You got to pay to play. And like, I don't think my, I don't think my jokes are that funny, so I'm probably not going to pay. And go check them out next time they play. Either, and it, either I, one I of think bands. for people who may not have heard, it's F-O-L-K because Folk Hogan, I think it, I wouldn't know how to spell it. So I'm just spelling F-O-L-K-H-O-G-A-N. You can email me, Nick at FolkHogan.com. Dude. Thank you so much for coming and doing the podcast. Well, coming and doing, I guess, getting online and doing the podcast. I, I wish, uh, I wish this was in person, man. I wish, I wish. I know we know. need you over for drinks sometimes. Honestly, when, when all this is over, I was going to invite you guys over. So let's do both. Let's, you let's can cook for us. I hate cooking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just send me a perfect. Just send me a list of. Uh, just send me a wish list, and I'll I'll make it happen. Awesome. Once the once social distancing is over. Nick, uh, Chrissy has a final question that she asks everybody that come through here. Uh, and if I'm curious what you got, so go ahead, Chrissy. Yeah, Nick, can you leave our listeners with a motto or a piece of life advice? I would say pet all the dogs. Get out there and support a local musician. And it doesn't have to be me, but go throw, go throw all of your uh, tax reform money at the things that you love. Thanks again to Nick Passy for joining us on this episode. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode's show notes on our podcast website, which is at IamSaltLake.com slash 429. It is time for weekly recommendations. I think we've been doing a couple of weeks of uh, what I'm calling the quarantine edition. These are recommendations to get you through this quarantine time, this stay at home, this time that you're hanging out with your family and you're trying to keep yourself a little germ free. Well, the other day I happened to stop by my brother Rob Shop Empire right downtown uh, Salt Lake City. It's about 670 South State Street. He has hand sanitizer there. Go figure. You can't find this stuff anywhere. This is a local company from Utah here. They're actually a local vape company that is now making hand sanitizer. The name of the company is called Sani Drops or Santa Drops. He's got this for sale down there at Empire, though. I picked up a few bottles. How cool is it that all these local companies are kind of switching over to help make make stuff like this during this time? It's so neat. I want to collect them all. I mean, there's breweries, distilleries. I mean, I know even out of state they're doing it. And yeah. so, I mean, how fun would that be to just collect all these? I just don't know have like why. the quarantine I mean, edition, like bottle collectors club. <laughs> <laughs> what is your weekly recommendation, Chrissy? So mine's not quite as local, but my weekly recommendation is Pinterest. For those of you like me who get very depressed being in the same scene all the time, I've been opening up Pinterest and looking at like, what could my dream home office look like? And then it gives me a jump of energy and I can keep working, you know, just it's inspirational to open it up sometimes and see really nice stuff that you're never going to have. If people <laughs> wanted to connect with Pinterest with you, can they reach out and connect with you? Are you on totally. Pinterest? Oh, I am. I am on Pinterest. I just good luck. I'm there somewhere. You're there somewhere. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Come find me, though. And before we leave, we want to remind you that our entire back catalog of podcast episodes are at IamSaltLake.com. Head on over there, check them out, and be sure to share your favorite episodes with your family and friends. All right, you guys, have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city if possible. Go for a walk. The sun is out. It's shining. It's beautiful. Support local. And we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy. <laughs>